0: Welcome back to Conversations with Coco and Friends. I'm your host, Coco, aka Katrina Smart. Every episode, I'll be having real conversations with the people who inspire me. We go deep and we go there. And I've got my girls with me. This podcast is co hosted by two of my friends who I happen to also work with. Cleo is a kick ass producer and a problem solver. And Pilar is an insane director and social media manager. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we enjoy having them.
1: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together.
0: March 31st marks Trans Visibility Day, and this week on Conversations with Coco and Friends, we're so excited to talk to trans woman and influencer Jamie Pandit. Jamie immigrated from Bangladesh to Canada at 11 years old and spent a large portion of her life hidden. At Conversations with Coco and Friends, we know that beauty is often built from adversity, and we feel so lucky to have had the opportunity to have had a Candid conversation with someone who has blossomed by living as her authentic self. So grab your wine or your water and notepads because we're about to get educated on everything transgender. Hey, everybody, we're here with the incredible Jamie Pandit, and we're so excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: We're just going to jump right into it. We have to put a disclaimer on this as much as listening and learning as we're doing. We want to be very clear that we we have questions and we're we're really grateful that you're here to like talk to us and talk us through things and we just want to learn and be aware and share with our readers and our listeners so that we can all be more open and more mm-hmm. understanding rather than I think a lot of people like that not a lot of people but in having conversations people can be closed off because they have questions right. rather and they don't have the education so then they just shut it off And what our biggest thing is to constantly be open, but also to have the conversations with the source. And we're so happy to have you here and very grateful that you came to be open with us today. So thank thank you. you.
2: Well, and I appreciate you, you know, saying that as well, because as I was saying earlier, this is all very new for me to talk about my experiences and be open, to be honest, because, I mean, it's easier to have my walls up and not really share anything. And, you know... I did have an anxiety attack earlier to, you know, talk about this experience because it's hard to put it into words. And I feel like every time I share anything, it feels new and I'm processing yeah. it myself. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I feel like I say I'm a lot or yeah. I kind of slur my words and talk really slow. But it's, it's truly because I'm processing different experiences that I have repressed for so long.
0: Can I ask what changed? What, what made you decide that you wanted to share these experiences?
2: I mean, this is a whole thing <laughs> that we can, you know, get into it a little bit later. Okay. But truly, it was my wedding in 2000. Well, I got married 2021. I'm like, what year are we on? <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. And nobody. Yeah, and it came out in that. 2020. <laughs> okay. So it was that year, you know, getting engaged in 2019 you know, planning the wedding and just like different things happening, obviously, with the pandemic. I'm mm-hmm. um, seeing a YouTube blogger, Nikki Tutorials, mm-hmm. seeing the rise of black trans women being murdered. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of different things pushed me to kind of come out because before then, I never had time to actually like sit in my own space yes. and be with myself and feel safe. You know, before I had a very public job and when I lost my job in 2020 and I had nothing to do but (laughs) sit on my couch and be like, what the hell is going on? It kind of allowed me the time to get to a space where I wanted to share for disability and representation. Beautiful. But I mean, we can talk about (laughs) nitty gritties in
0: a little bit. Let's start off with what does it mean to be a transgender person? And I want to make sure that I'm saying that right. Like, um, And is it, would it be fair for me to say, what does it mean to be a trans person or is it transgender better?
2: Um, trans person, transgender woman. It's not, it's an adjective. It's not a noun. Right. So it's like, you know how you wouldn't say that's a black. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right? You wouldn't say that, right? <laughs> right. Or, right. That's a brown. That's it. a trans. Yes. <laughs> right. Like you wouldn't say that. No, no, that no, no, it's so, so weird, weird. saying no. that. But no. it's it's literally that. So this happens to me a lot actually. Oh my gosh, I'm like dying laughing right now. <laughs> but on, you know, social media, but it's like like I'm a human being, I'm a person, what? you know? So it's like a trans woman, a trans right. person. Right. Um yeah and that's,
0: exactly <laughs> and that that's exactly why we're asking these questions because some of the answers we do know but I think a lot of people don't and I don't mm-hmm. I really want to stop this kind of idea that people can just get away with being like whatever.
2: Yes. Cuz it's Ex- not. You're a human being. Exactly. Know? And like these little things do make people feel comfortable. And talking about comfortable, I do want to ask y'all something. Mm-hmm. Um okay. to share our pronouns. Yeah. Only because it's it's honestly something mm-hmm. I'm getting used to as myself really the last six months to a year before that I really never felt the urge to like share my pronouns mm-hmm. but uh some people might feel comfortable with that and we can talk about this more yeah. so like what is everyone's pronouns my mine are she and her
3: mine are also she her me too she her awesome I love <laughs> yeah it's, just, it's, it's important. That. and
0: just a note on that Cleo actually gave me some education on this um oh. I I didn't have my pronouns in my bio of Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe she had seen a TikTok or something. something like and, that. and, and it was just a simple of like, you know, if you could make someone feel more welcome just by seeing that, then why not? And I was like, I,
2: hell yeah, let's go, you know? For sure. And it's, and it's important to understand why as well, because I feel like I didn't make a video on this on my IG, but some people just do it just, just cause it's like what's happening, mm-hmm. but it's important to understand why and, For many trans people, non-binary people, it makes them feel comfortable Mm -hmm. because, you know, how they present, like maybe the clothes that they're wearing is not who they actually are. So like today, for example, obviously I'm wearing pink, I'm wearing women's clothing, Mm -hmm. um, very feminine, but maybe I don't present as, or I don't, I'm not actually she her right 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 so it's really important to say your pronouns to make the other person feel comfortable and safe
3: yeah and I, that is a great thing because that actually tails into the next question and i the question was is it rude to ask someone for their pronouns and it's interesting because the conversation we learned literally two nights ago has changed even about how to ask someone for their pronouns um because i've experienced this conversation with many people before they're like oh who cares whatever and i, I always think well, if you don't know, just ask somebody, you know, if you're unclear, because I've met a lot of people. I have a friend who um, if you look at them, they present as male, as mm-hmm. as masculine. And I mess up their pronouns all the time. And because their name is George, I'm like, oh, he he he. And I'm like, fuck they. Yeah. And, and I make the mistake all the time. And I'm this is my friend. But I correct it. You know, it, it gets better over time. But do you feel like is it rude to ask someone? I think it's not, sure?
2: not rude. I think. If you, again, say it yourself first, like, hi, I'm Jamie, my pronouns are she and her, what's yours? Mm -hmm. As long as you make that distinction, first of all, like, to, you know, do yours, I think it's fine. Then you're just asking a question, but if you're just Mm -hmm. going to a random person, like, hi, what's your pronouns? That's (laughs) You know, but I mean, making those mistakes, I think it's very genuine, honestly, and it does happen, like, even for me, like, I'm a trans person, but I screw up people's pronouns all the time myself mm-hmm. and i make that mistake too mm-hmm. but i think it's in that moment just saying a quick story and like moving on is the best practice mm-hmm. instead of like making it a whole yeah. Big yeah. thing because yeah. then people just get more uncomfortable
0: i guess one of the things that comes up for me and this from my lived experience is that as a biracial person people without fault always ask me like what are you like what's your mm-hmm. background And I came to a point where I found that kind of offensive. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't go up to, like, a white person with blonde hair and ask them what they are. Right. And then a litany of questions come after. Are your parents still together? Mm -hmm. Where were you born? Like, these that are too invasive to me.
2: Or, like, you don't look. Yes, exactly. um, (laughs) I get that. I mean, that's, like, something I get all the time. Like, you don't look brown. You don't look trans. Which is yeah, yeah, bro. a whole other yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk about that. Yeah. yeah,
0: so that's why when i w- in posing those questions, like even to ask, is it rude? Because sometimes questions when people ask me, I think they're rude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know? so it's good. That's good. Clear.
2: I think it depends how it's done. Right. Exactly. Yes. In
0: the day, there's a way.
3: Yeah. There's yeah. A- like saying no. like you
2: don't look trans. It's like it's like you, yeah. It's like fuck you off. you have like a perception of what trans people look like. Like all of us apparently, and if you don't fit into that mold, so then you're not. It's like right. it's like saying or also it's may- like saying like you don't look brown you don't yeah. look black like what do brown and exactly. black people look like, 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 like. to you yeah. but that yeah. also
0: is a backhanded compliment, it is that kind of compliment. something nice yeah but you're like wait a second mm-hmm. it's all mixed up and you're your, like your identity crisis. yes exactly they're, they're, yeah. they want to take it out on you like uh,
2: like i don't want to be the exclusion like that exactly. like
0: the pretty
3: trans girl yes. like <laughs> no we're all beautiful yeah. in our yeah. own way exactly I mean, except the person saying that to you,
0: probably, but...
2: <laughs> Literally. <laughs>
0: but yeah. yeah. Okay. What does it mean to be a transgender person?
2: So, I feel like this is a question I was thinking about a lot yesterday, especially with International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to be completely honest, I don't know if I have an answer right now. You know, even being a woman, like, I lived over half my life pretending I was a cisgender woman right? And just to fit in, just so my life would be easy and I would have opportunities in life, basically. And I didn't want to be, you know, stigmatized, bullied, get death threats. Like, I just wanted to blend in. And that's why I lied for over, honest, at the end of the day, like, it sounds bad, but yeah, I did lie for over half my life to myself and to people around me and kept this all a secret. Um, So to me, like, I, I don't, being a trans person and I I guess for me, being loud about it is special because, again, that visibility factor, because people think, again, trans people look a certain way or, you know, we do only certain things. And I want to break that mold that, you know, there is a lot of joy in being who I am and my identity. And I want to be proud of something that I've hidden for over half my life. Snaps, snaps. Absolutely. (laughs)
4: And I know you touched on the fact of why it was so important for you to share your story and actually go public with that. Was there a specific
2: moment where you're like, I have to do it? Like, do you remember? Yeah, I mean, so like my partner, fiance at the time, husband now, he obviously knew I was trans, not right away. And again, we'll talk about this later, but he loves and accepts me for who I am. But, you know, we've been together for almost six years now and four of those years, even though he loved and accepted me, I don't think he felt comfortable sharing this information with people because at the end of the day, it's like he wasn't ready to get that hate and discrimination and, you know, be attacked verbally and who knows physically, like for being with me, right. mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it is a risk. And this is, again, a reason why I kept, Family's private, and my friends didn't know. My best friends didn't even know. Like it was really like mentally, I don't know a lack of a better word, but like fucked up to yeah. keep this all a secret. Yeah. and that's why again I think a lot of anxiety comes from that. Mm-hmm. So I was just dealing with again like a lot of feeling guilty and shame, and just felt so dirty about myself. Mm-hmm. And then it came to a point. I was like, you know, after he proposed we obviously talked about it. And I think when he did propose to me, he realized like for me to feel free, he needed to like come out with this information with me, right? Despite what people think. And it kind of happened randomly, honestly. Like, I don't know, I woke up one day, kind of like the way it came out to my parents, it kind of just happened. Like I just felt like I was ready to make a YouTube video. And I did. And then I, together with him, like we pressed that You know, go live button, and I still remember that moment. How emotional we both were. Like my husband isn't is not a crier, so like whenever he cries, I'm like yes. (laughs) You know, (laughs) go live. I'm like yes, cry, cry for me. (laughs) You know, but it was such an emotional moment, and it's so freaking scary because yeah, my life completely changed after that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah,
4: Yeah. no, no, that's great, and I feel like. People have so much anticipation
2: built up to it that sometimes you're like, you just wake up and you know it's my time. I just knew I had to do it, right? Like, I didn't want people to come to another John and Jane's wedding. I wanted people to come celebrate our wedding. And at the end of the day, I wanted to be honest with myself, with people around me, his family. Mm -hmm. I was tired of feeling like I had to protect people, right? And I wanted to live for me and feel free, like, at the end of the day, people are living their lives, mm-hmm. doing their things, but what about me? Right? Like yeah. I wasted, I don't want to say wasted, but like I did stay quiet and made myself feel
3: small for thirty-two years. Right. So And you're protecting other people at the expense of yourself. Yeah. yeah.
5: Yeah.
4: What do you say to someone who's in Jamie's position back then, currently? You're gonna make me cry. Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> okay.
3: First of all, save space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You're
2: in the right place. Yeah. Honestly, it's something I think about a lot and I still do it. Like even today, like I said, before I came here, I was like, I, I said this to myself and it, it it does work for me is keep going. It's so simple, mm-hmm. but keep going and just do it. Those two things. It's like the Nike. But like I heard it. Uh, Nike. run run her that sponsorship. Please, yeah. please. Run her that sponsorship. Thank you, Brand Art Partnerships. <laughs> but yeah, I heard just do it in my graduation. Um, somebody was saying that in their speech, and I really felt it. And so did my mom who was beside me. So whenever like I get angry or like frustrated with things, my mom will like tell me remember that speech, just do it. So I remember that. And then the, the keep going, like, you know, there are moments, it's like, I'm scared to go outside. Like I'm, even now, like I'm physically scared to go outside and I will look myself in the mirror and like whisper, like, keep going, like you got this. Mm-hmm. And then I go, like, it's, it sounds so like cheesy, but it's like COVID or not, this, this has been my life.
0: Can we take a moment to break down LGBTQ plus? There's an A, nope.
2: IA+. Plus, IA+. Yeah.
0: Plus. Not, even, not even saying the words, but like, um, I mean, you can. I'm,
2: it's hard for me to explain because I feel like labels are so personal. And mm-hmm. I think for a long time, we grew up in a world where people say, no, like, we shouldn't label people. And labels are a bad thing. But I actually think sometimes they are empowering. Like, you know, some, like for me, like I am South Asian, I'm brown, and I'm a woman, I'm trans, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, like, These labels are labels I'm proud of. So, like, why Mm -hmm. wouldn't I proudly, like, share that? And especially for me, because I do have passing privilege. You know, people on the street might look at me and be like, okay, she's a pretty brown girl or whatever. But I want to say I'm trans to show that visibility. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not the typical, wild, blue eyeshadow, big hair, pink lipstick, Mm -hmm. sequin-wearing yeah. Trans person that you might think of, which is, again, an okay yes. and yeah. valid experience and description. But there are different types of people within the community. So going with that, I guess lesbian is somebody who obviously is attracted or dates women. Gay would be somebody who is attracted to men. Um, Bi is obviously both. LGBT. <laughs> somebody who is Trans non binary people are also trans and that's like a i feel like that's like a whole other conversation and a debate like within like the online community mm-hmm. but um like i am trans binary because i i'm i identify as woman right and yeah. she yeah lgbtq yeah. is queer so maybe somebody who doesn't fit the norm um like i Somebody asked me, like, would you consider yourself as a queer person? I'm like, I guess, because I'm not a cisgender woman. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, these are things, again, I'm still, like, processing myself. LGBTQ. And then there's I, intersex. You know, somebody who was born with, like, both Mm -hmm. genitalia. And then, yeah, it goes on. Okay, There's so many alphabets. (laughs)
3: Yes. Yes. That's interesting. I, when the other day we were talking about something and um, someone had said queer and I was like, what's the definition i was like i gotta look up the definition yeah like there's lots of different ones yeah
2: and somebody asked me the other day like would you consider you and your husband in a queer relationship i was like i don't know how to answer that because (laughs) like 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 like, (laughs) yes i was assigned male at birth which is the proper way of saying things instead of born a man Mm because children are not men people (laughs) exactly there that is (laughs) okay so even though i was assigned male at birth Obviously, I am a woman, but I'm transgender, but I'm straight because I'm attracted to men. Exactly. <laughs> okay. That's and then true. I was like, wait, let and me. The, what to about my, my partner? partner. Let <laughs> me. And then my partner, like, he is a cisgender, straight, white man. And even though he is with me, married to a trans woman, he is. Ladies and gentlemen, and they—he's straight. But yeah. but does genitalia come into that play at all? So this is the other thing. Like, I was again thinking about this yesterday with genitalia. Like, trans women are valid. It doesn't matter if they have. Can I say penis? Yes.
3: Yeah. Penis. Penis. Whatever, every penis the or a okay. JJ. Okay. Like,
2: it doesn't matter <laughs> okay. because people should not feel the pressure to have surgery. Or some people don't want to have the surgery because they feel comfortable in their body the way they are, which also leads me to think, like, if there wasn't this pressure for trans people to have surgeries to even, like, change their ID, right, to, like, Um, woman or male or whatever, maybe trans people wouldn't feel the need to have surgery. So genitalia does not make somebody a man or a woman. It's who they are. So, like, Mm -hmm. even if I didn't have a vagina... Like, I'm still a woman. Like, I didn't have my surgery till I was 25, I want to say. And, like, I was still a woman.
3: Mm -hmm. Right? I guess because, like, the idea of being a woman is a construct rather than your sex that you've been assigned.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, as feminists, I feel like, you know, we always talk about, like, men objectify us. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all about the genitals and blah, blah, blah. So we kind of have to get away from that because people are more than their genitalia. Yeah. Yes. You know, like, okay. you know, I hear things, for example, on my social media, you know, people that say, well, you're not a woman because you can't have periods or you can't have kids. So, Lots of so women. cisgender women that can't have kids right. are not women. Or yeah. are not women. No, right. Stop right? this. Or
3: right.
2: don't have periods, right? So, it's the exact same That's kind of crazy. thinking.
3: So, women who have like their um, IUD who don't get a period, they're not women? Exactly. So, And this is where
2: I feel like trans people and trans women, especially black trans women, like, I feel for them because, like, we're fighting for these equal rights for everybody, like, all women, right? Like, we're standing up for all women's rights, in a sense, because we're more than just, you know, being able to have kids or periods or genitalia. Like, we're more than just that. Which would be great
0: for all women to be more i mean all of us however you identify for women to be more than just a uterus yeah. or a baby machine exactly or, you know,
3: like that's, that's i like that perspective though like stop reducing women to only yes. what these specific things are because patriarchy has done that the whole time yeah. like we didn't really need and anyone then when to we, keep doing and then when
2: that women say to each other like or to trans women it kind of again like it's like we're going back in time like why are we holding these standards? Only in certain cases. So we don't hold it for cisgender men, but right. then we hold it for trans mm-hmm. women. Right. Like, you know, Ooh, something patriarchy happens. runs deep. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it's internalized, right, right? right? I mean, even for me, right. like I had internalized transphobia. It's a real right. thing, like hating right. myself. Right. So that's very interesting. <laughs> why, again, I kept yeah. this a secret for yeah. so long because yeah. I was like, no, like I don't want to be trans. That is not for me. I am a cis woman. Like, that's just how I'm going to identify because I did have this
3: hate for myself. When did you know that you were assigned the wrong sex at birth?
2: It's kind of confusing because my parents knew I was different since I was, like, literally, like, two. Like, I could, like, do anything, like, play, walk, whatever. So they weren't completely surprised when I came out. I mean, obviously, it's still a shock, like, finding the words. But, you know, I grew up in Bangladesh where LGBTQ plus anything, I mean, might be different now. But back then, it it's something that's not talked about. Mm-hmm. It's religious. It's conservative country. So for me, when I was a child, like I always like played with like Barbies. I wanted to wear my mom's saris. I was just very like the typical feminine mm-hmm. kid. And I knew it was different because... For example, if a mom wanted to come out, get my hair cut, I would throw a tantrum because I wanted long, luscious mm-hmm. hair. Um, and then I would just be like depressed or I would want to hide from people because I didn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. within my body. So imagine like a four-year-old, like literally hiding under the bed because I'm like, I don't want people to see me. Oh, my God. Sorry. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. So, no, sorry. I just I just realized like I did do that because I don't, I don't want people to see me. That's so horrible. Like, you know, I had like teachers. Uh, we had a like jehovah witnesses and we had like a private tutor come to uh, come home Mm. to uh, our house i can't speak or suddenly said oh oh my god and i used to hide under the bed because i didn't want people to see me because i didn't want to be identified as a boy
0: Wow, from that young too like that yeah and even you don't even have the like capacity to process Exactly.
2: exactly so after we moved to canada when i was 11 is kind of like when i really realized like okay there is definitely a difference i guess with male and female genitalia Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i guess i am different like even though like i dressed like a boy or whatever i still i felt like i was performing right like that to me was my performance because that wasn't who i am so when people say like no trans people like you know they're playing dress up no like for me like wearing man's clothes clothing was dress up so when we moved to canada that's kind of like when i realized like wait like there is a very much of a Something, something weird's happening. Because back home, like, even though I went to school and I was bullied all the time, I just kind of let it go because I just went to school and then I was very private at home. Like, I just kind of hid. It's when I came to Canada is when I really realized that the very distinct binary of yeah. man mm. and woman, especially, you know, 15 whatever years mm-hmm. ago. And that's when I learned, okay, like, there is this word that exists, like, transgender. But then because it was seen as such a dirty word... I didn't want to use that word either. Mm. So I really felt uncomfortable and confused on what my identity was. So I was already like, like struggling being a South Asian immigrant in Canada. And then, um, there's this whole other thing where it's like, I don't know who the hell I am. People are calling me a boy. I have to dress like a boy. I gotta like come my hair up and wear like spiky hairstyle. <laughs> like, like cut. you know, yeah. And then what are those like baggy pants? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like. I don't know. It was just a very confusing time. Got it. I mean,
4: when you moved to Canada, you kept it private for kind of as long as you could. Yeah. When was the moment that you opened this dialogue with your parents specifically and then
2: your friends or was that later on with now your partner? So I kept it private. uh, I think I was like 14, 15. So obviously I was trying to just be like a boy, but obviously just my features just were naturally feminine. Like I was curvy. Like this is so funny and so silly saying this, but I used to carry a backpack everywhere I went, like even to a restaurant because my ass was so like big and curvy (laughs) and like my body honestly didn't change much since. yeah. Yeah. Like I was very much, I looked the same and I felt like, okay, I have to hide this like, Womanly parts of myself and pretend to be a boy, right? And I went to school like that, and obviously had friends. People would call me gay and the FAG word, which I can't say out loud, Mm -hmm. all of that. And I think, again, one day I realized that I had to, again, I woke up one day being like, I'm tired of living like this. I think it kind of hit me after my sister got married. So I was about 15. And sorry no. i just don't apologize. apologize for something else now mm-hmm. so my sister was getting married and she was wearing a wedding dress and i realized like like will that be me one day and i kind of like already at that point started to do like little little things that would make me happy i started wearing a little bit of mascara mm-hmm. to school and then my my girlfriends would notice like oh like your lashes look really good today and i'm like yeah like they're just growing, but then I wouldn't tell them. Or a little bit of a tinted lip balm, you know. Oh, yeah. And just like little things I would do, and my then at home, that.
0: that's you know. The, yeah, like, just like little like, things. It's, it's in you, like my my daughter. I never you, you don't teach kids, mm-hmm. right? And this is why it's so yeah. you are a woman. Like my my daughter will will like put on mascara. And be like, bro, you're wearing
2: <laughs> mascara. <laughs> and she's like like, (laughs) no not it's natural so i literally pretended like it was not oh natural when she wasn't (laughs) and you know at home i would play like dress up so i'm like 14 around this time 14 15 play dress up like when nobody was home like with my mom's clothing or my sister's or whatever and when my sister got married like my mom again like she's not stupid like she noticed that there was like Things yeah. that were happening, but I feel like she didn't say anything or she didn't know maybe how to. Right. When my sister got married, obviously it was a different, difficult time for me because I'm like, will this happen to me? Like, will I get to be a bride? And I cut my hair, like, shorter. I put on a suit and I went to the wedding. And I think that's when it hit me, like, I couldn't do this any longer mm-hmm. and pretend to be somebody else. And I think shortly after I told a family friend that like I am a girl, like mm. like I'm tired of pretending. And then we, like I came out to my parents with the help of her.
0: Oh, amazing!
2: Sorry, I, I'm having a difficult time speaking because no, no, you're no, not. You're, at all. Very yeah, you're very clear. <laughs> very you're clear. Very very clear. I think also
0: you're feeling the emotions, but you're very clear in everything you're saying, and we're very grateful for you sharing
3: with us. Yes, and it's great that you had someone that you could. Yeah. Like. What was the word that we that we had talked about the other day on our podcast? And it was like, find someone to like... Like an advocate? Yeah, like an advocate or a counselor or something. But it's like... Yeah, well, like,
2: it was like a family friend like, that yeah. I came out to. But I th- I don't know if it was prior to that. I think it was before that. Um, I remember this moment because... So I had all these like girlfriends and none of them knew that what I was going through except one. And she was also Bangladeshi. And we were having like a... What are those days called? Like a a cultural day or whatever Mm -hmm. at school. school, And, you know, people like dress up in their like clothing, like their culture's clothing. There's like international food festival and all of that. And with the help of this friend, I wore like a sari. Oh, amazing. But I like, you know, did my makeup and hair. But because I didn't want people to recognize me, I like almost did like a borka thing where like I covered Mm -hmm. my face. Just my eyes were showing and i went to school like that and it was so fucking brave yeah. like now that i think about it because i could have gotten beat up oh totally yeah. and honest now that i think about it it was very dangerous because when i went back to school like the next day people were definitely looking at me like hmm like cuz cuz no, i was like, like was that you? was cuz cuz really? yeah. when i came in yeah. where like nobody knew who i was right mm-hmm. and i was trying not to hang out with my friends yeah. so people wouldn't know that
0: I feel like it's like a movie. <laughs> it's like someone hired hired her to come. It's like you weren't Yeah, gonna like be didn't know
2: who I was. So I yeah. was kind of like sitting far away from my friends, just like enjoying being, being free, who being I free. am, being free, but not because I'm kind of like covering myself still. But I remember being so proud, like sitting in that auditorium and just like watching like the shows and everything and just being, feeling good in my skin. Like, oh my God, I get to be myself, even though I'm kind of covered like in this moment. And then, yeah, like the next day I went back to school and, there was definitely, like, people talking and, like, looking at me weird. And, like, I didn't feel, like, safe, but I'm so glad I did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but however, after that, like, my friends did find out, like, I was trans and they stopped talking to me. So this family friend that I did come out to after, you know, her helping me talk to my parents and, you know, kind of come out was was really helpful because I didn't have anybody.
0: Where did you find, I mean... How did you really find the courage? You know, you had this family friend who was there for you. Did that help propel you?
2: Or- it did because, you know, somebody else was kind of in the room. I, right. And my parents are very old-fashioned. Like, even now, like, they're not, like, internet savvy. Like, they're not watching the news. They're not reading books. Like, you know, it's something, like, I still struggle with them. Like, even though they say they love and accept me, like, I feel like that's supportive. The support part, like, I just don't know, again, if they understand how to be. And it's right. been right. so many years. Um, but yeah, like it was definitely easy to come out with somebody there, but it didn't go well, like as I expected. Mm-hmm. Like it changed my relationship with my parents. Like I was very, very close with my mom. And you know, like she wouldn't talk to me and you know, she distanced herself. My dad was surprisingly like good. Like I think he he's the type he likes to like read up on different articles mm-hmm. and kind of figure out things on his own. Like he was. Definitely more supportive than my mom, mm-hmm. which was very hard for him to deal with.
5: Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello?
1: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
3: So, I mean, that really answers the question about, like, how did they respond to this? Has the experience gotten better, obviously, because it's been, you know, maybe like 20, almost 20 years since it's happened.
2: Yeah, I mean, after that, because I feel like I have to backtrack a little bit because after I came out, because the relationship wasn't good, I ended up running away from home. I was homeless for a period of time, I want to say, I don't know, like a a four or five months, maybe longer, I don't know. And I was 16 at the time, and I was a very, like, naive, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: weird, (laughs) shy, innocent kid, like I did not know anything about weed, drugs, alcohol, like nothing. And like I was I was a kid that would say, like mom, like I would never leave you. Like even if I'm married, like we all staying together. So for me to have run away from my family and like lived in a shelter and um experienced things that I did that no kid mm-hmm. really should have was um sorry, I never talk about this. I never talk about that time. Sorry. It must have been so scary. This is like a counseling session (laughs) suddenly. Sorry.
0: I can't imagine how Um, scary that must have been.
2: Yeah. So I never uh, talk about this and it was definitely scary. And I eventually came back from the shelter because there was death threats towards me from people that were living in the shelter who found out that I was trans because I was initially admitted just like, I'm a woman. Right. So then I went back home. Things weren't good at home. And then I moved away again. Long story short, my parents do accept me as their daughter. They're very supportive of my relationship. Like, they love my husband. They don't make me feel, like, bad about myself in a sense. But I think the supportive part, they don't understand. Mm -hmm. And it's something like, like, I haven't talked to my mom in the last few weeks because we're still struggling. And it's it's being open to being corrected. I think it's a lot of people that, a lot of people struggle with this, you know. And it's, like, when I was a kid, I used to obviously get angry and used to have, like, crazy bursts of anger, right? Because yeah. it's, like, accept me, love me, like, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. do this, right? But now it's, like, if I'm saying, like, hey, like, saying that's gay, that's gay, that's gay, that's gay, using the F word. My mom doesn't do that. I'm just giving yeah. you an example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not correct. Like, can we use inclusive language, yeah. right? Like, saying the N word. That's yeah. not nice. Yeah, it's not, but yeah. then if you get defensive and make it about yourself... Obviously it's hard to like feel connected and feel like you know support.
3: Mm-hmm. And it's interesting with parents too I think because even beyond that there's a dynamic of parent versus child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then the idea that your child is trying to like come check you yeah. cuz that's your job as a parent like yeah. you check your kid. Yeah. And now the roles are reversed and your kids trying to be like hey here's what's up. No parents actually have a lot of experience like being corrected by their children. And that's just the reality. It's the, the dynamic of parent child so then when it switches they're immediately like no who are you talking to like that kind of energy and you're like can you just chill and like not be mean i don't know i just don't like it
2: i think sometimes people have this tendency to like fix everything and parents Mm -hmm. especially and to like say something but often like a lot of lgbtq plus kids and adults what we need is someone to just listen yes you know Um, And I'll give you an example. And I feel comfortable sharing this because it is what it is. Um, Holidays were really hard for me this year, like this year, last year um, in 2021, because obviously we had just gotten married and I'm getting all these crazy people bullying, you know, every single day. There's always that. But, you know, people talking about kids and when are we going to have kids? Ha ha ha. You can't have kids. All of this. And it was hard during the Christmas time kind of dealing with that. And, you know, with COVID and everything, I wasn't spending time with my family. I haven't seen my nephews and nieces. So my mom, for example, mentioned something. She goes, you know, Christmas time, Jesus got taken away. Jesus died for us. You know, it was God's son. And that's how I feel about you. Like my son got taken away. And for somebody who transitioned at 15, who is 32, just got married, like, even though I know she didn't have malicious intentions mm-hmm. and it was a very so innocent comment, like it was really hurtful. And then when I talked to her in the new year about how I felt, cause I just wanted to like have a calm yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: holiday. She again made it about herself. Like, Oh, I can't tell you anything about anything. Like have to tiptoe around you and walk around. That's, and tip-toe. That's
0: like basically stomping on your, yeah. Cool. Yeah. but it's
2: kind of like, but it's kind of like, you know, I am aware of this situation, but I don't need to be reminded, especially Being a public figure, I am reminded every single day that I am a man. Mm -hmm. I am not real. I don't deserve to take up space. I should die. I should go kill myself. So to somehow still get up every fucking day, Mm -hmm. wake up, put on my face, come and have conversations like this, it takes a lot of courage. And I don't think my parents realize that. And I don't think they realize like... What I go through on a daily basis, and how much I have protected the family, protected people around me and made myself small and kept myself
3: a secret, you know, Can and that yeah, have you ever shared with them like what like happens to you on it on a daily basis, like to give them insight into what kind of like what your life is like? And I yeah, oh,
2: and i and i and I have a little bit here and there, but I don't think they understand the extent because. That was like, oh, it's okay, move on. You know, you have so many positive followers yeah. that and love also, you. It be, it's very yeah. much of a gaslighting situation. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That
0: gaslight comes with also probably but you don't have to do this. Yes. Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You don't have to be on social media. So it's like it. So just yeah. because you got onto an accident, a car accident, means you should stop driving. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just because social media is hard for me yeah. and to exist, just because I shouldn't exist. So that's again like why I didn't want to exist as a trans woman. Is because spaces were not built for me. Mm -hmm. So now it's like... You have to build your own space. I am building my own space. It is scary, but it's like, you know, I need people to have that compassion. Like, obviously I know that I can change the world. I can change people, treat me better. But sometimes when I have weak moments and I'm like, you know, today's hard. Even though, yes, I have so so much much love and so much of a positive online support, Mm -hmm. you know, that does... Like, actually, if I didn't have that, I don't know if I would be able to, like, move forward and i feel so privileged and lucky to even have this because so many trans people don't have what i have like it's the truth like and i know it wasn't always like this for me like i've worked hard to get Mm -hmm. here but it doesn't mean it's not hard yeah no not at all and i think because life as a cisgender woman for me in some ways was easier because you know meeting someone for the first time. There wasn't an an awkward conversation. They didn't look at me weird. They didn't try to find, like, the man in me. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens every time now. It's like, when I was living in stealth, people wouldn't look at me twice or wouldn't wonder. But now it's like, hmm. Right. Like, what's up? Yeah.
0: They're always going through their mind and you're like, just stop it.
2: But, I I mean, even
0: me, if I get a negative comment and I get a hundred positive ones, it's like the end of the world. So I can't even imagine that. I I follow you and I see that. Like you're just there living in joy and someone just comes in there and, and goes, but it's what? and it's
2: but you know what that's not always like that. Like no. and, and, and I make that very clear with my audience too that you know like, again it's a toxic positivity. Some people are always happy, which again, like if that's you and that's that's how you function, great. But like I am moody sometimes. Mm-hmm. I am sad sometimes. I cry on you're human. when I'm talking. <laughs> I am super sarcastic. Yeah. I am laugh, but there's I'm multifaceted. There's different versions of me. And they're all valid, mm-hmm. right? And it's important for people to see that. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. like yes, like I have hard days, but I try to move forward. I don't always succeed, but I try my best. I think, again, it's hard when I've realized like this is going to be my life till I die. Like, honestly, yeah. like it's, it sounds so bad, but like I realized this is, is going to be my life. This is going to be my reality that I am going to be getting these negative messages and somehow have to feel good in my skin even though I'm dismissed every single day at any point in my life I could be eating dinner I could be doing my hair like someone's gonna be like "You're, you're a man you know I know this is gonna this is the reality but it's just harder when I feel not seen and I don't feel supported in the way I need it from family I think think that's that's what's harder. Like strangers, like whatever, like you're jealous, you're insecure. Like I I am at a place, honestly, like I'm not, I'm not a 15 year old, 15 year old anymore. Like I have worked hard to build my confidence and skills to navigate life. Right. So now I'm good, but it's just hard when you don't have family. So I can't even imagine like trans people that don't have a supportive husband like family mm-hmm. or an online community. Right,
0: right. Can you explain hormone therapy in the medical process of transitioning, if you want?
2: Yeah. Okay. So HRT, HRT is what we call it, okay. short form. This is going to sound, you're going to be like, Jamie, you should know better. But <laughs> I don't feel like I'm an expert on talking about this because I avoid going to the doctor like a plague, okay? Wow. I avoid it, honey, like... <laughs> Like I could, like if I'm like sick and dying, like sure. Because the truth is, a lot of doctors don't know how to help right. trans people, right. and even to this day, like last day I went to the hospital for something, and I think the first thing I told the doctor was, like I'm trans. It says in my paper, right. and then he asks me, so is there any chance you can get pregnant? And like. You're, you're like you're a You, you went to medical school. <laughs> yeah. So like it's like again that awkward conversation. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my God, of course. <laughs> no. yeah. So with well, HRT, you're you're Exactly. Like- <laughs> so I don't know the, the process and the all the steps to HRT now. But basically, like when I started, it was a really fucked up for everybody that's listening process because you really had to prove your gender. There was one place in Toronto to go I'm not going to mention names Mm -hmm. but there was one place to go to Toronto and you basically had to like like I had to pretend hyper feminize myself like I love pink and I'm so girly (laughs) and imagine you know the doctor asking a 15 year old you know when you masturbate what do you fantasize about no way what What? to prove your gender so imagine if I was a gay trans woman Right. right yeah Jesus so it was a whole thing to verify like my gender basically to these doctors. And obviously um, I started testosterone blockers when I was 17. I want to say with my parents consent. And then I started taking estrogen when I was 18 and then progesterone mm-hmm. when I was like, I think 1920, somewhere okay. there. And do you need to take them forever? Um, it is recommended okay. to take them forever. So I don't take testosterone blockers anymore because I've, I had my um, gender affirming surgery, mm-hmm. but trans, Women, some of them might want to take that. Okay. So, yeah, I take my Prometrium, progesterone, and estrogen pills every single day. But, again, I want to make it clear that you don't have to take hormones. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be on testosterone blockers. You don't have to have gender-affirming surgery to be valid as a trans person.
3: Did um gender-affirming surgery, like, how did that impact your life? Because I'm guessing, or I think based on the story, yeah. you had it. Probably a while ago. I had it when I was 25 and I'm 32 now. Okay.
2: (laughs) Back then, again, the laws were different in Canada and it's always changing. It's always scary because, you know, in the States, there's always anti-trans bills and laws, which we won't get into today. That could be another conversation. But when I was 25, I basically, I don't know how I did this, but like my name, for example, my name wasn't always Jamie. And I had to lie to my employer and make up some... Bullshit that, oh, like, we moved to Canada, my name got messed up, and I'm actually Jamie, and this is not my name, Uh. to lie. Um, My IDs, right, like, it obviously said M before 25, because at that time, you would have to have gender-affirming surgery in order for your gender marker to change on your ID, which means I didn't travel, I didn't go to bars, I didn't go to restaurants, I didn't do fucking anything, Mm -hmm that regular people get to do, that people take for granted, you know? And I obviously didn't do anything because of safety reasons. I didn't want to out myself because people around me just assumed I was a cisgender woman. So after my surgery, it really did change my life. And I still had to wait like a year and a half to get that change. Like, don't get me started. But I was able to go to a bar freely. Okay. I was able to eat at a restaurant, Damn. travel, just like do like daily things that might require an ID. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly why like people sometimes say like, are you so sane during COVID? And like, you seem like happy and normal. It's honestly because I have been living COVID yeah. life for yeah, your life. many, many years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's nothing, here. Not, it's nothing new here. COVID life literally came
4: to mind as you were saying what you couldn't do. I'm like... And you saw the way people responded to that. Um, After transitioning, though, what was it like identifying your own personal style so much as like your wardrobe, your hair routine, your makeup?
2: I feel like I always had like very bold style because fashion played a huge part in like honestly why I stayed saying it's the way I expressed myself. And because I was reserved, people like always assumed that I was snobby or just like rude. But it genuinely was, I was scared and be, I didn't wore these like loud outfits to like university to work because I didn't want people to get to know me. And it's, it sounds bad to say that, but I didn't. I wanted people to, to, to think like, she's probably some like fashion airheaded girl, <laughs> like who cares about her? Let's just leave her alone. <laughs> so yeah, like it helped me express myself, but I do find that back then, like I wore a lot more makeup. I felt like my hair had to be perfect at all times. My makeup had to be perfect. I would spend like hours and hours doing it. Um, after surgery, it definitely got more like my process in the morning got easier. And turning 30, I don't know also what changed, but turning turning 30, I feel like I just have a different kind of confidence now where I like I literally don't give a fuck. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> no, it, it we, love bad. It. we love
2: it. Yeah. yeah. It sounds bad, it's not bad, but I do have like a different type of confidence. I don't know if it's 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 not surgery related, obviously. I think it just comes with age, where you're like I just don't have the patience to perform anymore. And I have the patience to, like, fit in. It's like, if I want to do no makeup, I do no makeup. If I want to wear my hair natural and rock it and not straighten it because I'm brown and brown people are expected to have straight hair, (laughs) no thank you. You know, I do me now, and that's definitely something that makes me feel really proud.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful.
3: Okay, so when you met your husband, Phil, um, what made you hesitant to tell him about being transgender? Or were you? Oh, my God, yeah, because...
2: Nobody knew. I had just moved back to Toronto after breaking up with an ex and literally it's like starting fresh in a sense because I moved kind of like, I moved with my parents for a couple of months and then I moved downtown on my own, but like nobody knew and it was scary. Like I lived alone and obviously I wanted to find love. Like I love love. I wanted to date and experience all these things. You know, my IDs got changed like not too long ago. So it was just a very exciting time. But, yeah, it was scary to meet anybody if wondering if they would accept me. Um, so with Phil, like, he didn't know I was trans for, I think, a month into our dating. Mm. Yeah.
3: And then when you told, like, were you scared to tell him or, like... Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, because, like, how did their conversation go? Yeah, like,
2: I mean, dating, again, its it's difficult as a trans person because even before Phil, I was seeing somebody I told them I was trans they weren't comfortable it became a whole thing and it just kind of made me feel negative about dating and I kind of honestly got a little bit bitter and I am this like Mm -hmm. you know love love Mm -hmm. love and that kind of a person so I kind of got bitter and when we met on Bumble I didn't really take him seriously because I was like whatever it's not gonna work out but he was obviously so into me (laughs) and wanted to go on this date and I like we connected so well it was like we had that first date our second date was the next day and then our third date was 4 days later on my birthday then he's like we're going to go to New York and i'm like okay yes, <laughs> you, know? Yes, yes we are. you know so like it just felt really fast like and then i like i literally i think fell in love with him on our third date yeah and i could tell like he was very serious about this too which was very shocking because he was definitely a player according to his <laughs> friends and family mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was just very scared to tell him about, obviously, my situation. It was, like, always in the back of my mind. Like, you know, we we're doing things and whatever. I'm like, like, I got to tell him. And especially going to New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to travel and get, like, chopped yeah. up into pieces in my hotel room. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, safety is a big thing for yeah. trans women. And, like, this is another the whole thing. Like, a lot of pressure is put into trans people to reveal that we're trans. Like. The second we meet somebody, like, today meeting you guys, I'm like, should I be wearing, like, yeah. putting trans on my forehead, you know? And it's the same thing with dating. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to tell somebody unless I'm ready. Right. I don't. Obviously, like, it becomes a serious thing. Like, yes. But I'm not going to tell somebody, like, the, the day I met them. But I realize again, like, the way I did it was not safe. So if you're trans and listening to this, please do not do my way because this was not healthy. It wasn't good. It wasn't safe. Because we had already been intimate. We've already been like together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, like always randomly one day I decided like today is going to be the day. It's just in your soul. It's just in my soul. Like I'm a spontaneous person. And like, that's just how I function, I guess. We were literally laying in bed. Again, do not do this if you're (laughs) trans. And I told him and he was obviously like shocked and didn't really understand. And then he realized like... Cause at that point, I think we already told each other we love each other. Wow, I know. So we, it uh, just didn't care. It was like I love you, and I see you for you, and that's it. Wow. Like okay, but I he did tell me that you know after that conversation, like when he went home and he had some time to process, like you know, it's been there. There was time. He obviously debated like if he could be strong yeah. for me, if yeah. he could be there for me, because yeah, being with someone like me does take a. A lot of courage. I don't want to say a big set of balls because it's
3: um, <laughs> yeah rude
2: Balls confidence. are friends. Like not everybody <laughs> has balls. Like not all men have balls. Yeah, Trans right. men. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's a lot of balls <laughs> conversation. Sorry. Exactly. But, but you know hard. what I meant. Like, yeah. Like, courageous. Courageous, right? So when he realized that, okay, like, this is the life I'm going to take with her, like, we're good. And yeah. then, like, we moved in together. And wow. All of that. And then it was love. But it took time, obviously, to get to a place where we are because mm-hmm. we still kept it a secret from, you know, my friends, his friends, yes. his family for years. Yeah.
0: Okay, Jamie, give us your best piece of advice for someone who wants to live their life as their authentic self, but they've been struggling.
2: I think this could mean different for everybody. And I feel like like trans or LGBTQ yeah. plus or not, I think at the end of the day, you really have to live for yourself because... If anything, the pandemic has shown us that life is short and things change by the minute. Mm -hmm. So you really need to look into yourself and just live freely and do what makes you happy and realize that at the end of the day, it might be hard when you first start being yourself, but eventually people will just move on and deal with their own problems, their own insecurities and issues, and they're going to forget it. And, you know you're going to continue being who you are. Because for me, sometimes I realize, sometimes I wonder like, had my life been different if I had come out with this information like years ago, Mm -hmm. like all the things I could have done maybe differently. But then now I also realize that maybe I wasn't ready at that time. Like maybe I, well, I didn't have a husband who was Mm -hmm. so supportive and such a great ally. right? Right. So you kind of have to trust the timing of your life and, just do what your gut says instead of like doing something because someone else is doing it or, you know, being somebody because people are telling you who to be like you need to be yourself at your own pace at the right time that feels authentic to you.
0: Thank you so much for spending this time with us and being so open. We really appreciate it.
3: Thank you for having me. Of course, we want to have you back. Too. Yes. Yeah, I was like, we need part two. Um, yes. Over drinks. Yeah, like, Over cocktails everywhere. Maybe we um, do that one, but <laughs> we just have fun. I mean, it would be funny, we but. We can do both. Um, <laughs> We've proven that like our drunk podcasts are definitely the best. But uh, Jamie, tell everybody where to find you on social.
2: Yes. So my Instagram is just Jamie P and my TikTok is just Jamie Pandit.
3: Perfect. And cos you all know where to find us. If you don't know by now, it's at Coco and Co, C-O-W-E. Yes. And uh, you know, we're on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all the things. So let us know what you think. We love this podcast and we are thankful that you guys are here every day. Shout out to all of you, our awesome listeners. Jamie, we
2: love you. We love you. I love you guys. I can't wait to come back and have these conversations. It's so important.
3: Yeah, it is. It really is. Happy
0: International Women's Month.
2: Yes. Yeah, buddy.
0: (laughs)